0: Today, we look at the recruiting impact of Dante Dowdell committing to the Ducks. And what's the latest on the pursuit of the two 2023 five-star quarterbacks? We'll get to that today with John Garcia, Director of Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every weekday. I'm joined once again by John Garcia, Jr., the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Let's just hop right into it, shall we? Because most of you probably know this guy by now, and we always appreciate his insight. That's why we bring him back. The Ducks get a running back commitment out of the state of Mississippi with, uh, I believe, Pika Yoon High School. Pika Yoon? Pika Yoon? I don't know. Something. I went with Pika Yoon because it sounds like Pikachu almost. Uh, Dante Dowdell, big guy, big bruising back. Uh, What have you seen from Dowdell that has made him such an intriguing prospect? And what I see is a really solid get for the Ducks.
1: Yeah, I'll start there. Really nice get uh, for Oregon coming down to Mississippi. And I think this is uh, Carlos Lachlan territory. He's out recruiting in Alabama today where I'm at, actually not far from where I'm at right now. So this is really his zone, right? He He patrols the South and he's the running backs coach. And he's one of those infectious personalities that when you meet him, you remember it. And I think that translates so well. On the recruiting trail and, and doubt was one of his top targets really from the jump uh, a kid uh, from like you said southern mississippi originally i believe from louisiana so he was a, a big sec target in general so i think the ducks even being a player in that race was a big deal relative to how new all those coaches are to eugene but you get them on campus and then all of a sudden you start to hear this duck momentum but really spencer up to 24 hours before this decision I thought he was going to Ole Miss uh, there was confidence coming from Oxford uh, 24 hours prior and really it wasn't until the morning of that verbal commitment uh, a couple Fridays ago or last Friday I should say uh, to where we started to hear hey you know Oregon Oregon was right there and they might have taken the lead and sure enough he announced this for the Ducks ahead of his spring game so a huge dip into sec country uh, for the ducks and and you know he fits that profile you know carlos lachlan's a big dude i don't know uh if, if fans are familiar uh he's gonna like a big bruising powerful downhill one cut kind of back and that's exactly what dante is 6'1 220 or so huge breakout year as a junior over 2500 yards for the state champions uh, down in south mississippi uh this is a no-nonsense decisive physical runner but he's got some top end speed. Like it's it's a bit of a conundrum uh, to evaluate him because the offense is very old school, very much a, a wing T style, single wing style offense. So he doesn't have a lot of time to dance around. It's very no nonsense in nature. And he fits that to a degree, uh, but we get a ton of running. We don't get a lot of pass reps. We don't get a lot of pass blocking. Uh, so a little bit of an old school offense to evaluate from. But on the flip side of it, it, you have to be a runner with great instincts and vision uh, to succeed in that type of offense. And then you have the power behind your pads to go along with it and some top end speed. And it results in a lot of chunk plays. You know, you you think of six one two twenty, and you're like, OK, this is going to be five yards in a cloud of dust, maybe running over some small high school kids. No, you know, he, he's got some long runs on his tape um, to, to really pick him up and put him down. So I like this get. I think it's a nice balancer for the Oregon backfield of, of tomorrow, Uh, a lot of smaller shiftier three down types. I think this is a tone setting type to counter that, which is really what you need in a balanced backfield. Nobody's really using one back these days. So I think it's a nice fit as well.
0: Yeah. I compared him earlier in the week to a a couple past Oregon running backs, kind of the Royce Freeman, Trey Benson mold. We didn't see a lot of, of Trey Benson. He transferred to Florida state this off season, but you know, Freeman had plenty of big runs, but did a lot of his damage between the tackles. You know, a uh, far cry from the little Michael James and Kenyon Barners and D'Anthony Thomas's uh, of the world. When I watch him, now that I think about it, I think I should have included C.J. Verdell in there a little bit. Because Verdell, very much a downhill, one-cut runner. Not, not a big, you know, juke and make a guy miss in space. He's sort of seeking out contact. Right. What, what do you, what do you make of that comparison? I don't know how much CJ Verdell you, you've watched during your, your time at, at Sports Illustrated, but that's kind of what his running style is, right? He wants to run you over. I, yeah,
1: I can see it. Uh, there's, there is a decisiveness in, in some of the decisions he makes. And, and yeah, I think all things, even Dante will prefer contact as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of runs where he just flattens defenders in the open field. I, I think back seven prospects make business decisions Uh, as he breaks through the line especially if he breaks through clean um and and i think cj had some of that ability as well strong with the offhand uh to a degree there as well but but like i said i think in a different type of offense i do think dante has more to show and i think that's what's intriguing about it you love the floor with this prospect but you wonder about that ceiling you know how how does he operate in space how smooth is he uh as a receiver um and when when he does get into a different type of scheme how well can he play laterally? Because th- those are things we just don't see a ton of relative to his high school. So I do think the ceiling has has some room for for expansion in, in the conversation as well. But you love where the floor is at, at a minimum, and that's why he was a, a big time target for schools down south uh, as well as the Oregon Ducks, which which obviously pulled him out.
0: Yeah, I, I was also kind of surprised that he ended up committing to the Ducks because you heard names, you know, guys who we've talked about here on the show before, Roderick Robinson and uh, Richard Young, or both have both been tied. To Oregon. Uh, last thing here on Dowdell for you, John. Do you think this makes it less likely that one of those guys commits to the Ducks? Because I look at Oregon's running back room and I see Byron Cardwell Jr. as a sophomore and Sean Dollars has multiple years of eligibility left, depending on how he it chooses to use them and such. Because I think his physical traits are, you know, potentially NFL caliber. He has to show it in college, obviously. But and then you've got Jordan James coming in, and now you've got Dowdell in the class of 2023, and they added Irving and Whittington, and suddenly this is a deep talented room is it going to kind of shut the door on richard young young or Roderick robinson second
1: you know personality wise I'm, I'm more familiar with young um between the two and let me tell you that kid is not worried about any other back on the current roster the future roster any roster he's a competitor uh, who who will not you know look twice if, if he thinks oregon is the school for him He's going to go there, regardless of of the situation. Um, you know they have. Well, you know with Robinson, I've I just I'm not as familiar personally with him, uh, but but he's a, a well traveled kid who obviously has great connections to the Ducks. Uh, so I, I don't think that's a huge detractor for him as well. But obviously the odds of getting all three now are are very low. I mean it just doesn't happen. Uh, I, I don't remember an elite program taking three backs in a cycle. Maybe maybe back to Alabama to take it back to the state I'm in right now. You know, they took Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Alti Tenpenny uh, in the same cycle, uh, but obviously Kamara transferred soon after that. So it's just not something you see uh, with elite schools and or elite backs all in the same class uh, in this day and age. So usually two is the number. Uh, so I don't think Oregon will, will end up with both Young and Robinson, but I do think they're still in play for, for one of the two uh, as time goes on.
0: Yeah, and with Young, you know, he's got just some heavy hitters coming after him, right? Bama and Georgia and Ohio State and Oklahoma. I, I would be hard-pressed to see it, but I, I think the note that you made there about his, his attitude is definitely, definitely significant if he's not worried about it because Oregon, I think, has a really talented running back room now and, and for the next couple of years. And Oregon fans are hoping that the quarterback room will feature some high-profile recruits who we'll talk to after I tell you that I just received my birthday cake puffs from Built Bar, and I've honestly never had anything like them before because it's a protein-infused marshmallow that tastes like cake batter. That's it. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. This is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. Go to built.com, Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com for one of the best products Built Bar has made. Go get your birthday cake puffs now. All right, let's switch to the quarterbacks, John. Uh, Jaden Rashada has, you know, had had the attention of Oregon fans for for quite a while now, and understandably so. After Nico went to Tennessee, after it looked like he was going to the Ducks, the, the attention shifted to okay, who's the next quarterback that that Oregon's going after? And Rashada has been at the top of a lot of names or at the top of a lot of lists and, and priorities for fans and for the staff as well. And There was a whole situation where he was visiting for the spring game, but then he went to Ole Miss instead, but now is visiting. And then Ole Miss got a quarterback commit in the class of uh, 2023. So where are the Ducks at with Rashada? Because they they have a a visit scheduled, correct? He just took it. Uh, He might still be
1: on it as of this recording. Uh, And that was really good news for the Ducks. Uh, Obviously, uh, you want an official visit and look, they're probably going to get one because he's only taken that, that one to Ole Miss that you mentioned. Um, but you, you want to get as many visits as you can, because I believe it had been a few months uh, since Rashada had, had made it up to Eugene. I think he only visited once or twice with this new administration altogether. So obviously you need to change that in order to stay in the hunt uh, for Jaden and Rashada. And, and look, we thought it was going to be a one day visit, you know, like a Saturday visit. And then there was a camp Sunday that he was on the roster for up in Oakland, California. He didn't show up, so naturally we started digging. Like, hey, what's the deal? Is, is he just you know not competing, or is he still on that Oregon visit? Turns out he was still on the Oregon visit. So certainly good news for Duck fans. Uh, bad news for us who wanted to see him you know perform again. But good news for Duck fans. Obviously getting a multi day visit uh, out of of Jaden Rashada, uh, and then simultaneously his older brother. Uh, Roman Rashada comes out with his top three finalists and Oregon is in there too. Uh, Ole Miss also in there, so kind of interesting and a little bit unexpected there. But Oregon in play for, for each of them at this point, point. Uh, and most people, you know, relate the, 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 the older brother to the younger brother in terms of what schools have an advantage. The only other school in the mix that for the older brothers, Virginia Tech, who Obviously, Jaden isn't really looking at so most people expect his older brother to end up at Ole Miss or Oregon, uh, so that will be interesting. And I think he'll probably decide a little bit sooner than Jaden will. Um, but look, huge to get him back on campus. Um, Kenny Dillingham, uh, Dan Lanning getting one on one time with uh, you know, one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the country. A guy who you know, between us, I you know, seeing him and Nico live multiple times it's it's hard it's hard to make that call I, i'm probably leaning jaden uh, at this point in the preseason rankings at sports illustrated um they're similar in terms of their build so you understand why each of them were, were top targets for the ducks um, but i think jaden's got a long way to go in this recruitment as we said spencer just one official visit so far to Ole miss i think a and m will get one i think miami will probably get one uh, oregon probably gets one Maybe LSU. You know, there's there's time for a dark horse or a school that was out on the outside looking in to make a move in this recruitment. So, so we'll see. I, I do think he takes the officials in the summer months, maybe in June, uh, and I think that would be good for Oregon because that would mean they strung together two visits in a relatively quick span. Uh, so, a lot to go for Jaden Rashada. Again, I do think he visits a before all is said and done, but. Good, good for him to get back to Oregon from that Oregon angle, um, especially, you know, given the rest of, of the quarterback board for 2023, where you're competing with heavyweights, no matter which direction you end up going at the quarterback position. So the more visits, the merrier from all of them.
0: Real quick, you mentioned his older brother, who I, I assume is just one year older than him. What's kind of the the background on him? What What position does he play?
1: Yeah, he's he's a defensive back at the junior college level in California. Uh just like Jaden, he's a long athletic prospect uh, who started to pick up offers really at the end of, of 2021 and into 2022. And uh yeah, he's he's got a final three that that he just listed over the weekend with Oregon, Ole Miss, and Virginia Tech as the three schools. Again, Virginia Tech, the outlier relative to the schools that Jaden is looking at. And, and, you know, most people do believe that they want to play together, although it's not a guarantee. Uh, their timelines are, are different uh, as well. Uh, and, again, Jaden has, has more options, frankly, than Roman at this point. But obviously something interesting to keep an eye on uh, for Duck fans and for Old Miss Rebel fans in particular.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have the allure of playing with your brother. You also have the allure of should Oregon and Ole Miss m- meet in a bowl game. If they split those two schools with with their selections, I could go pick off my brother. That would be, that would be, that would, that would be, that would be very interesting. You'd you'd be putting your parents in a real uh, Dell and Sonia Curry situation with the Western Conference Finals in twenty nineteen when they, I think Sonia had a. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's Steph Curry's mom's name, I believe. Um, But she had the, the Jersey that was split down the middle because Seth was on the blazers and then Steph was, was on the warriors. I think you could, uh, you could maybe run into that situation not super likely there's no home and home between Oregon and Ole Miss, but that, you know, could, could be part of the appeal, Let, let's uh shift gears just a little bit and stay at the quarterback position, go to the other five star in the class of 2023 the ducks are looking at and that's Dante Moore. Now he's from uh, the Detroit, Michigan area. And so I, I, can't remember, honestly, the last big player that Oregon had from the state of Michigan. I might be missing (laughs) somebody. Feel free to hop in the comments and and correct me there, Duck fans. But Moore is, you know, kind of starting to to pick up a little bit of steam with regards to his ties to the Ducks. So where's Oregon at in his recruitment?
1: Yeah, took the official visit there at the end of April. So just a couple weeks removed from that one. It was right after his trip to LSU. So he's starting to advance the process, especially, you know, relative to. Rashada's timeline I think he's going to take more official visits in the coming weeks Uh, but it was big for Oregon to get him back on campus he was another one who recently took a visit and loved the unofficial visit to Eugene enough to set that official and during the official visit same deal a lot of time with Dan Landing, a lot of time with Kenny Dillingham and he could kind of see the vision at Oregon and I think they're a true outlier in this recruitment and I think it's a good thing both geographically uh, and even stylistically compared to some of the other schools in it, you're talking, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame, um, LSU, Miami. I I think those are a little bit more conventional offensive programs relative to what Oregon, we think what they want to do from an offensive standpoint. So I think being a true outlier in a lot of ways is a positive to keep the Ducks right in the thick of this race. Now, Uh, you know he's a a well-traveled kid you know dante moore's been to like 12 schools this year so it's really hard to peg down i think he was just at michigan i know he's going back to notre dame sometime soon um and irish have really kind of been the team to beat uh you know into the new year so i wonder you know if, if he starts to wrap things up after that trip but if everyone is chasing notre dame you start to think of the pecking order beyond there. And Oregon is right in the thick of that. I believe Oregon and Miami might be the two schools most likely to challenge Notre Dame. So naturally, you know Oregon's gonna have to go up against Mario Cristobal uh, for uh, an elite recruit potentially, which would be kind of fitting from a journalistic standpoint. But look, I, I do think the longer this thing goes it's probably the better for every school not named notre dame i think that's been the favorite for a couple of months now so if he starts to push this thing towards the late summer months into the fall potentially those would be great things for really all the other schools in the mix for him and it's interesting that all four of the schools we think are in the best shape right notre dame miami oregon lsu all under new management at the very top uh, of their their list so obviously if it goes into the season now Dante will get to see what all four of those new look coaching staffs look like on the field from an offensive standpoint and I think that could be interesting with the caveat of course that you know Notre Dame promoted from within so a little bit different of a situation but nonetheless a different head man at the top of of the charts there so I think it'll be interesting if he pushes things further if he wraps it up a little bit sooner I would probably think Notre Dame's got the best shot to land his commitment but again Dante's the most well-traveled quarterback in this class of 23. So uh, your guess is as good as mine at this point, and and those perceptions and opinions can change in relatively short order. So that's why it was big for Oregon to get multiple visits, including an official um, in in the spring months.
0: Yeah, and you've got Notre Dame with, with Marcus Freeman now. Brian Kelly goes to LSU. Dan Lanning at Oregon, and then you said Michigan. What was the other one, right? No, I think Miami. I think Miami. Oh, Mi- Mi- Miami. It. Sorry. Yeah. So literally all four. New head coaches looking for kind of that, you know, first signature big time signal caller during their their tenures with with their new schools. I think that's a a fascinating story to follow, and we will, as we've been following the elite defensive recruits, who will tell you about. After I tell you, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the same parts from a chain auto store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers and saving them money for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball when it comes to Oregon's 2023 recruiting pursuits. Jaden Wayne, David Hicks, both five-star defensive linemen. Wayne listed as an edge player. Hicks, a little bit more of an interior guy, but both you know have the potential to come in and be, I don't want to say an exact Kayvon Thibodeau type, but in that same mold of you plug and play as true freshman on the defensive line, and they're going to make an impact. Right away. And Thibodeau, you know, kind of worked his way into it a little bit slowly. But by the end of that freshman and Rose Bowl championship season, he was the best defensive player on the field and he was wreaking havoc against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game again against uh, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. These are both players who have the potential to, you know, be at, at least approaching that level of impact as freshmen because that's sort of recruits they are. And that's why they're getting so much attention and whatnot. Let's start with Jaden Wayne, the the Tacoma, Washington kid who you know has been in the eyes of the Ducks and the staff for a while now. USC, Alabama, also squarely in the mix. Where where does Oregon stand with him right now? and And what's kind of the, the timeline on his recruitment?
1: They're right in the thick of it. Uh, recently had him on campus. Uh, he's another very well-traveled kid, just like Dante Moore. But the Ducks recently had him on campus and continue to make positive impressions. I think that combination, and we'll talk about this with every defensive recruit, the combination of Dan Landing and Tosh Lupoy in particular, I do think is, is really hard to, to push back against when you think of Lupoi's longstanding history, dating back even to, to his pac 12 days. And then, of course, Dan Landing's more recent history uh, with front seven recruits. It's really hard to deny uh, some of the uh, identification, evaluation and development that each of those coaches has to its name. And then with poor you throw in the recent string of, of times in the NFL. I mean, that certainly is where recruits want to go. You know, I think, again, I'm sure I've talked about it here with you, Spencer. When I got in this business 12 years ago, it was about you know, Saturdays, it was about culture. It was about finding the fit, you know, kids used to say feeling the love who's showing me the love. It's shifted, you know, in the last five years or so, they, they talk about the NFL. So coaches with NFL ties, or in Lanning's case, the ability to send a bunch of players to the NFL, that really resonates. I mean, that's really what they want. So when you start talking about the best players in the country on defense, Jaden Wayne and, and Hicks in this example, Uh, that really does sell with that group. Uh, But Wayne is is a kid, again, well-traveled, a lot of schools in it. You mentioned a few of them. I'd add Georgia and LSU to that mix as well. I I think the latest intel I have on him is that he's gonna start narrowing things here relatively soon. He's gonna start trimming his list. And there are some schools that are right there on the bubble. What's good for Oregon is that I believe they are not on the bubble. I think they're squarely in the mix. They will make his next cut and he will take an official visit to Eugene before all is said and done. So I think Oregon is right about as as good a position as they hope to be overall. Uh, I I don't think they could be in a better spot unless he committed today um, uh, in terms of the Ducks at this point. Uh, But it it is going to be a longstanding battle. I don't think Wayne is going to commit anytime soon. I think he's going to take his time potentially push it into the fall as well. And, And I don't think that's a bad thing for the Ducks. Again, same thing we said about Dante Moore showing what they can do defensively in this regime and this uh, coaching staff I think that will resonate with recruits and and being able to do it with a kid like Jaden Wayne in person since he's not far away and will probably hit a game if he's still uncommitted come September I think will be you know even more impactful because it's it's one thing to sell an offense uh, and a scheme, but you need a lot of things to break your own way. On defense, you you kind of control the pace, especially when you're an aggressive coaching staff like we think Oregon has assembled at this point. So it'll be a little bit easier to showcase what you want to do with with a kid like Jaden Wayne. Uh, so if he does prolong it and push it closer to the fall or maybe even signing day in December, I think that's good news for the Ducks. But either way, they're going to make his top group when he when he trims it down here very soon. I think the bubble teams are probably more – you know, Washington, LSU, some of those um, in the mix. But I think, you know, Oregon, uh, I think Alabama, um, Georgia, those are, are probably three locks to make the list. I think everyone else is is kind of on that bubble, USC included, which is a surprise to some. But I think they're in that same group with Washington, LSU, and some of the others.
0: Last time we talked about David Hicks, the big defensive lineman out of the state of Texas. He had a bunch of schools and there was no narrowing down. It was just like could go in, in any direction. H- has that shifted at all? And where's Oregon with him?
1: I think it has shifted a little bit because now he's setting official visits And I think that's what starts to change the conversation. It's like you either tell us your top group or you tell us the officials you're taking. And that becomes kind of your top group. Uh, so I do think things are starting to progress for Hicks. Now, I, I don't think he's going to take all his trips in the summer. So it could still go into the fall. But at one point we were thinking this is a December signing day kind of kid. Uh, so maybe that part of it has begun to shift. Um, another one who recently took a visit to Oregon at the end of April really liked the impression, uh, again, with that combination of Lanning and, and Lupoy In particular, he likes their style, their aggression, and, and I think with kids in that SEC footprint in particular, there's an extra layer of benefit of the doubt and buy-in given to Dan Landing, given what he did at Georgia. There's more of a, a comfortable feel than you would expect for a first year or first time head coach, I should say, who's, who's at a program across the country from the last one he was at. You know, on the outside looking in, you would think, okay, that could be a, a bit of a slow build relative to elite defenders, but you talk to him in the South, including David Hicks, and they are all for it with Dan Landing. And I think that's really important because all the other schools in it for Hicks in particular are some of those blue blood and or established programs that have that stability at the top of their cell. You know, I think Texas A&M's probably the school to chase for everybody. Um, I I know other schools are trying to set some of these official visits uh, with him as well. I think Michigan State is going to get one here in the month of June. Uh, they've, They've certainly ramped up their efforts in the state of Texas. Um, but but I do think there's still a long way to go in the recruitment overall, just maybe not as long as we thought a couple of weeks ago or even a month ago.
0: Always prepared with any question about a recruit that I could throw at you. John Garcia, the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Great to have you on the show as always, John.
1: Always a pleasure, Spencer. Thanks again.
0: I appreciate all of you. Thanks for making this your first listen. You go check me out on Locked On Pack 12 covering the Conference of Champions for your second listen of the day. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.